0: Nailed it. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Better Blokes Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to do a bit of an intro today because um, it's a bit shit when you don't.
1: I mean, I liked the lack of intro, but Andy wants to do intro, so we're doing intro.
0: It just sounds weird when all you hear is silence and then we just start talking shit. So, essentially, don't forget, like, share, send it to your mum, do all that stuff and uh, yeah, enjoy. The,
1: m- the more people we see putting this on Instagram, the happier our lives are. So share it on Instagram. Why yeah, not? That would be excellent. Um. Also, want to do a little bit of a public service announcement as well, Andy. What is it, Robbie? Well, so it was brought to my attention that potentially we might be accidentally excluding some members of the population with this podcast.
0: How, how exactly are we doing that? Well, because we call the we call
1: the podcast Better Blokes, and Blokes is obviously a gendered term. Um, referring to m- the male gender, um, and people of that gender. So we just, we, it was brought to our attention that maybe it was a bit too, too lad too too boys, the podcast,
0: yeah, But it just has a nice ring to it. Well, I mean, realistically, we are blokes. We are, we, yes, we are.
1: We are. I think so. Um, and this is our podcast. It, it is our podcast. And it's a podcast about becoming
0: better versions of ourselves. You happen to be blokes. Ergo, better blokes. That's Latin, by the way. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Better blokes. However, the pertinent term is not the blokes. It's the better. Yeah. So it's just about getting better. I I love that someone had a problem. Not a problem, but like a slight issue with better blokes and not the how to be less of a shit cunt.
1: Yeah, I really thought it would be the cunt that would be the issue.
0: It's because it's censored. It's still cunt. (laughs) It's censored, (laughs) doesn't it? It's better blokes. Anyway... Do you want to open your beard? I do want to open my beard. Yeah. Not alcoholic beers, because we drink. Eight, beer. Two, one. Ooh. Oh, yeah, because I was late. I had the run, so they're actually a bit busy. They've gone everywhere. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. All right, you start talking. i got to clean this up. I should have said that before. <laughs> I'm just on Robbie's um, public service announcement. Better blocks was actually thought of by oh. my oh. missus, Kira. By a girl. Yeah. yeah. So. was female. Who is, yeah, and not a bloke. Well, she could be a bloke. In this instance, "broke" is not a gendered term. Yeah, I'm fairly certain she's not a bug. I hope so. <laughs> anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, how's your week been? Yeah, My week's been good. Training's gone well. Work has gone well. I'm just having a great time, to be honest. You are, yeah. Training's getting longer, which is one thing that I obviously knew would happen, but it gets fucking boring at sometimes, like spending two hours on a bike. My arse hurts. My mm-hmm. gooch is very numb.
1: Yeah, that'll
0: it'll do it to you. <laughs> that actually that actually reminds me. I do have a a question for you. I something I need some help with. Yeah. How do I stop my legs chafing when I run? Um it's, it's getting sore.
1: Yeah, you you don't,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> it's just part and
1: parcel. I don't have any hair in that like the on the inside of my my thighs. No it, doesn't, do I. it doesn't grow there anymore. Um excuse me. Uh, the, um, so the main things p if you're already chafed chuck some sorbillen, some Vaseline, something like that on it. When you are training, I would recommend tights. Um, and that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All my running shorts have like holes on the inside of them because just from...
0: Yeah, finishing. a lot of my work shorts have holes right at the crotch because they're just over time.
1: And also they're easy access.
0: Yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't even have big legs, which is what um, kind of stumped me hmm. when I started feeling my legs chafing. Well, it's interesting because... Most people, when they start
1: to grow the size of their legs, they tend to grow out more rather than in. So it's actually more your running technique that's the issue. Uh, I have really big abductors. I don't think it's the really big abductors.
0: It might be. (laughs) From my really shit running. (laughs) It's probably the really shit running. It's not that bad. I was listening to um, a geezer called Shane Benzi, who's a really high performance. He calls himself a movement coach, but he's a running coach. Yeah. Just, he improves people's movement and the movement he improves his running. He was on Chris Williamson's podcast, uh, Modern Wisdom, and he was talking about, like, I didn't even watch the podcast, like, I didn't see the video, but he, where he demonstrates stuff, like, with his hands and shit, and showed photos. But just by him talking about running technique, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try and implement one or two of them things. I run a bit better now, hmm. more efficiently, slightly faster. You did, um, you did mention it to me the other day, and so when I was having a run during the week, I
1: was thinking about the, the pressing the thumbs into your fingers yeah that was a good one and then pulling your elbows back rather than pushing your hands forward
0: yeah yeah feel good i i feel because i get quite tight across my upper back and my shoulders mm. and that kind of like feedback of my index finger my thumbs like if they're nice and light well then i'm not tense through my upper body if i notice that they're really pressing into each other i'm probably a bit tense and i'm probably gonna have a sore back afterwards probably
1: also a bit of um thoracic extension and flexion and a rotation could
0: help as well there's some big words.
1: There are some big words. That just move means leaning forward, leaning back, and swiveling. Yeah, through
0: your upper back. I, I, I do quite a bit of swiveling, <laughs> swiveling, constant swivel. I, li- I just stare at people when I run. I like people watching. <laughs>
1: they call me creepy. You haven't even asked me about my week.
0: I was about to, but <laughs> how was your week? Hard. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was. It was the heaviest training load. Heaviest load, <laughs> um, heaviest training load that I've I've probably ever done. So it was, uh, we're kind of working in cycles at the moment where we kind of build the training load up, it gets to a peak, and then I go for it, Andy's smiling. Did you just leaves. skip
0: over that point, we're working in cycles?
1: <laughs> That's what I'm smiling at. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something you didn't, pun intended. <laughs> um nailed it uh, anyway continue yeah so you you kind of um, you build up the the training efforts until you get to like a, a pretty hard one the pretty hard week and then you have like a recovery week so I'm just getting towards the end of one of those and yeah the, the body's feeling it um, it's the end of a big week or a recovery week a big week recovery week starts next week oh lovely yeah so yeah getting getting towards the uh, the end of it so um, body is feeling it a little bit I have to admit um but you know this is what i signed up for so it's a good good show but it is it's hard to get all the sessions in i did thursday wednesday night i went to bed at eight o'clock so that i could wake up at four o'clock on
0: thursday and run before i went to work to start at six love it i've been doing my uh, my wednesday runs before work at like five and it's great there's no one out you can run across the road and most of them you don't really have to look you still should look but i don't <laughs> It's, just, it's dark, I'm going to charge, I don't care, <laughs> God protect
1: me. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Je- Jesus, take my feet. Yeah, um, it is, I've never been, um, historically, yeah. I've never been like a. Well, I mean, like, no morning person, realistically, but at one point, I just decided to grow up um, and start doing stuff in the morning and getting out of bed earlier because, guess what, no one gets a lot done after
0: 6 p.m. I had this conversation with a client, actually, mm-hmm. who I've stayed. he was the most anti-morning person I've ever met he Mm. still is but I have him training in the morning because he just can't train at other times he's like oh it's easy for you because you're a morning person I was like no No, one's a morning person no no one's a morning person (laughs) no actually there are a handful
1: of people that will just like snap up Yep, I'm awake let's go a very small handful but that
0: also comes from just doing it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and consistently getting better at it yeah same as you would with any sort of training like when you start getting up early, it's shit. Yeah, but the more you do it, the better you get it. The more efficient you get, and then you just crack on really. Yeah, just get better at it. I am because I worked in hospitality for a
1: long time, so typically, um, I I finished as late as four a.m. So finish work at four a.m. Um, but typically it would be uh, often somewhere between twelve thirty and one thirty that I would knock off, head home. Usually haven't eaten in about five out five six hours, so have something to eat. Um, chuck a Netflix episode on. All of a sudden it's 2.30, still haven't gone to bed yet. And you're not getting up at 4.30 if you're doing that? No, get, jump into bed, um, still pretty wired because uh, you, you're pretty stressed when you're working in hospitality, like it's a constant eyes on a swivel, like you're not, um, you're not chilling out. So you don't get a good sleep um, and then usually it'd be like 9.30, 10 o'clock by the time I was awake, let alone out of bed and that was a pretty vicious cycle. Eventually, just started going to F forty five classes. This was before I even started working in <coughs> class Yeah, I'm sorry. At seven thirty, so I had to get up at seven, and that was hard.
0: That was tough to start getting up at seven o'clock. Yeah, but like you, you have to look at your start point and then mm. set like going from say ten o'clock to mm. seven thirty or half seven, as you yeah. say in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a fairly big jump. And then just slowly but surely getting earlier and earlier and earlier. Yeah, well, it wasn't actually slowly but surely because it was yeah.
1: 10 and then 7 yeah, and then but 4.15. All right, well, fair enough. <laughs> Within a <laughs> space heard. of three months. Never mind then. <laughs> yeah. And then now I've settled on like a cool 4.45. It was, was a
0: progressive overload analogy with waking up earlier in there, but I know you've you fuck you fucked it.
1: But I did the, um, the, the sleep version of going for trying to increase your 1RM by 150% in six weeks. I have no idea what you just said. So <laughs> <laughs> the sleep version of just lifting too much weight, pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now I've settled on a cool four forty-five. Um,
0: trying to try and bring that early to four thirty, but we'll, yeah, we'll see how we go. I think there's a point of diminishing returns. Though, we're getting up early, like if you start getting up at three o'clock in the morning, it's like that's the middle of the night. <laughs> Fucking go back to bed. <laughs> three o'clocks to it. I think four o'clock is my. Yeah, that's my barrier. Any earlier, but like to do that, you have to go to bed earlier. And there's, there's then like if you're going to bed before the sun goes down, you're probably going to bed too early. Like there is a point of diminishing returns. I'm happy with like an 8, 8, 8 p.m. in bed, eight thirty yeah. out. Oh, I, I love it. That yeah, that's a dream. Kira gives out sometimes. Sometimes she loves it. Sometimes she gives out. But yeah, it is. No, it's fun. Um, but yeah, so
1: this week was a. It was a tough one, but I managed to get through it with my my head still on, my body still intact, slightly. We had the, um, on Sunday, uh, got up for a nice run, it was 90 minutes, it's supposed to be a heart rate under 150, so trying to really work in that zone too, keep it nice and low, nice and easy, um, well, it was going real well for an hour and 15 minutes, and then my heart rate started to go up, and my pace was not increasing, in fact it actually started to go down, which in scientific terms is a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't exactly sound good. <laughs>
0: One thing you've skipped over is on Saturday we did a lovely cycle together. We did. We went down to Cornell. Yeah, you had some company on your cycles, and I had some company on mine. Well. Yeah, it was actually fun. We got swooped once. Oh, you got swooped oh, twice I got twice after yeah. we because your cycle was longer than mine, so I kind of pulled off a little bit early. Yeah, I got swooped by myself as well, which was scarier because then he didn't have someone else to go for. Mm-hmm. So he just followed me for longer. Yeah, well, I mean, was, you just assumed the magpie's gender, so you can't really do that. Oh, uh, it was probably actually a, a female magpie because. They protect their nests. Mm. Anyway, said cunt of a magpie <laughs> starts whooping me by myself and I think I was, so the cycle was two hours and five minutes and I was, I nearly finished it. I think I was at like somewhere in the 150s. I think I went for a full out sprint to get away <laughs> from the fucker. Yeah. <laughs> My legs were cooked after there, that.
1: There was another one that was like halfway down the track and I kept on like spotting it real late and being like, fuck, is it going to attack me? Like, I had to like And then I'd just look back and it'd be gone. But it swapped sides of the road so that when I was going out, it would be on that side. And when I was coming back, it'd be on the other side. It was following you. It was following me around. Yeah. Yeah. And then on Sunday, so I did that big run. um, Heart rate started to to skyrocket. So that wasn't great. Um, And then had to rush over to my mum's because I was running late for a time that we'd organized to meet together to help do some work on my mum's house. And I was running late and you were trashing me for running late. Which is fair. I was shooting your shit. You should give me shit for running late because it's a really bad habit. I need to overcome it. I need to get better. Um, because what what happened when you got there, though, Robbie? When I got there, you you called me and you said, where are you? And I was like, I'm standing out the front of the house. And you go, oh, is, is there like a cul-de-sac? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, just come back to the roundabout. And you went, which roundabout? And I was like, don't worry, mate. I'll jump off the phone and I'll send you my location. And I send you my location and then you call me back. And what did you say?
0: I said I'm on the wrong fig tree avenue. I'm not an Abbott's...
1: <laughs> yeah, just say my <laughs> fucking parents' address. I was, uh, which <laughs> house?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were in the ro- on the wrong side of Sydney, is what you? Yeah, I was about. Mm. I thought it was like a 20 minute drive away. It was actually 35 minutes. Mm. But yeah, I was on th- the same street <laughs> name. Yeah, in a completely different fucking suburb. Yeah.
1: So um, we were both. We both fucked up. Yeah, both got room to be better. But yeah, then we moved pavers for two hours, and I. And
0: then I did my Sunday. run. You did
1: your Sunday run, so that
0: was a, a good effort from you. Because I went to sleep. I will say though, that was the best run I had done since I started. Well, considering I haven't been, I wasn't running before training for the triathlon. It's the best run I've ever done. <laughs> well, fantastic. <laughs> the sun was out, top was off. wouldn't oh, loving, loving it. Rig it yeah. out. Yeah. Um, maybe we should get you moving
1: pavers before the, the the Ironman in Cairns. Yeah, i got on the tills for a few weeks. Yeah. I'll um, it's also pretty interesting because Kona is coming up, which is the world uh, championship for um, the Ironman. That's in, in, in Hawaii. In that I was going to say
0: Kona's in Hawaii, isn't it? Yeah. You'd know more about this than I would.
1: Yeah. So it's, um, it's to get into – it's actually really weird to get into the world championships because there are like certain certain Ironmans are like qualifying events. I don't think all of them are. Um, the 70.3 world championship is actually a, a separate one. That's actually in Utah. Really weird. But, the, yeah, so the, for the full Ironman, the world championships are in Kona. And to qualify for it, at a qualifying event, in your age group, you go and do your race. Like, there's no like certain time that you have to beat, you just go and do your race. And then what happens is they have what's called a roll down. So you go and you watch and you sit in front of a stage and they go through like each, so they'll be like male um, age 25 to 29, which is my age group, and they'll just go down through each person until someone goes, yep, yeah, I want to do it. And then you go. That person then has to go up on stage and, on the spot, pay the entrance fee to Kona, which is something like a thousand US dollars, on the spot. No credit cards, nothing. You got to go. Yep, I have the cash, bosh, to get in.
0: That's very strange.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like people could get in on their first, if no one else in their age group, age and gender group, want to do it, you can get in on your first crack.
0: That, that's so strange. I find that weird when there's no like overall governing body in sports because Ironman is a brand. It's yeah. not a it's not a governing body. Yeah. So they just make up shit like this mm. and it's kind of like there's nothing you can do. Well it's just, it's just how it's always been. Yeah. And like, it's and it's strange. It's, it's funny because like if you
1: if you stick in the sport, you're the longer the more amount of time you spend in the, the sport and the more races you do, the more likely you're just going to pop up with someone's just no one else ahead of you. So if you've just always make sure you got the cash so what I'm going to do. I'm going to save up a whole bunch of money, and that's going to be my Kona fund. And I'm just going to leave it there, never touch it. And then maybe one day someone will, someone will say no, and I'll
0: be able to go. Yep. I've got oh, the money. Do you have to be there in person at that stage? Yeah. When do they do this? The I I well, the, after the half, they do it a couple of
1: hours after the, the sort of like most people are done. After the full, I believe it's the next day.
0: So you have to go to Kona to spectate. No, no, it's not in Kona. Oh, it's not.
1: So it's at the event. So, like, we're doing it in Cairns. Oh, so you yeah, finish yeah, yeah. your uh, your race, and then you hang around. And then what they'll do is once ma- the majority of people are finished, they start doing a roll-down. It's, like, has a time. I think it's, like, 3 o'clock in the 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And that they have a certain amount of spaces they can give away at that event? Yeah. So there's one for each age and uh, gender group. So, for instance, male 25 to 29, there'll be, like, one guaranteed spot. And then they have a, an amount of um, extra spots that they allocate depending on the amount of people in that age group. So typically, like, if you're in a, a bigger group, you, there'll be more more extra spots. But, yeah, so it's done like that. So you sit there and you add, like everyone that finished that race sits there and watches. And if, if you're not there and put your hand up and go up on stage and bosh cash,
0: you don't get a spot. That's so strange. Yeah. So you could... So. I'm still trying to understand this fully. Yeah. <laughs> so just say, Ironman and Cairns, is that one of the qualifiers? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. All right, so it is. So just say, for argument's sake, you come 20th yeah. in your age group. If they're going to go there and mm. call out all the names, and then if no one above you mm. says, oh, I'd like to go, it's kind of, you get to go, yeah, sweet, there's my, there's as my coin, US. Bosch. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it's done, and it's
1: because... Um, they don't. They can't have like allocate spots, and then you get to like a couple months before the event and go, "Oh, actually, I don't want to do it." Yeah, and you haven't paid for it, so you have to like pay your entrance fee on the spot. And if pe- the re- and it's like they don't go, "Oh, you could go in," um, and then you go, "Oh, I can't pay the fee." They just it just rolls down, so you have to pay it on the spot. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's a it's pretty it's a pretty interesting time because you kind of like. You'll see someone who will think, like, I came 10th. Like, I could be on here. And then they just watch, like, sorry, no. Sorry, no. Already qualified. Sorry, no. Already qualified. Sorry, no. Sorry, no. Sorry, no. Sorry, no. I'm next. You can go, fuck, I don't have the money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd right, so That's probably happened quite a bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. Oh, I could do it, but I don't have it on me right now. Yeah, so that's why I'm yeah. going gonna... like to... said they don't take card. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't take credit card. They don't take credit
1: card. So it's just going to be... Yeah. Um, I think... If if by some miracle I managed to qualify before I had enough money like stocked up, I'd probably just go, "Who who wants to sponsor me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> who will sponsor this? Oh, <laughs> if you can tag me this, I'll pay you back over <laughs> time with interest. <laughs> but you got to do it then and there on the
1: spot." Yeah, yeah, i would have to look around the crowd. Anyone anyone going a spare grand? <laughs> some yeah. ol- some old in the crowd might sponsor. You. Well, I mean that's a thing. Like that's that's what I was thinking. That's the dream. Oh, sweet, yeah, good. So how have you been founding the training just in
0: general? Um I've been enjoying it a lot more than I thought. The cycle is something as a, as someone who's not been who's never really cycled, like before starting training for this, in the last five years I've cycled twice. <laughs> Once I used to cycle to work when I worked ten minutes away from my house. When I, did I, was, the like, yeah, when yeah. I was like twenty. Yeah. Uh, I did a bike to work scheme. <laughs> Got a little bike. Uh, and then the only other time between when I used to cycle to work and starting training for a triathlon was when I was in Amsterdam in April. Yeah, we, uh, we took some psychedelic truffles. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> like, was going to say, I'm guessing that's,
1: that wasn't going to be a performance-based cycle. That was a, let's make sure we don't f- ride into a canal-based nah, cycle. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there was one of the boys who lives there, Tommy, he was like, uh, oh, dude, he's want to rent bikes and I'll, I'll show you he's around because he, he's been living there the last few months. And me and Charlie were like, yeah, fuck it. And they give us the shit as bikes and mm. you can't go fast at all no. and your legs are so knackered and mm. it's flat yeah. pretty much everywhere yeah it doesn't matter and there's a lot of like dutch people on their like two and three grand bikes and they're just Kew! that are geared so efficiently yeah. and all is he hollow <laughs> <laughs> as they fly past you we, we had a really
1: funny moment where um so i was this couple of years ago i was in Am i was in amstan with a couple of boys um and we were just riding around similar sort of thing hide or like borrowed bikes Um, And one of the boys was kind of like, had his feet off and was kind of like, you know, fucking around, like even at the big and, and the cops told him off. They were like, don't, don't fuck around on your bike. Like don't misbehave on the bike. And just found it very ironic that in a city where you can openly like take drugs, sleep with a prostitute, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff that is illegal in other parts of the world in front of a cop and it's fine but if you fuck around on your bike <laughs> you're <that>? in trouble
0: <laughs> it's kind of like fucking around driving like and yeah. pretty much everywhere else yeah um, because it is there like bikes have right away over pedestrians mm. in amsterdam it's mad yeah it takes a bit of getting used to yeah especially if you're used to like dodging cars on like hills here where you're like that ah, shit like yeah no, um, I've been enjoying the training, and the cycle has probably been my favorite, which I did not think would uh, would be the case, but it is. I thought it might actually like I thought it might be your favorite. Is it's because it's the only one I'm anywhere, so like anywhere decent at.
1: Yeah, I mean, also it's like more because it's less technical, so it takes less time to guess yeah, yeah but it's also a lot more about your ability to just produce force and you've been a power lifter for a long time so you're pretty strong well, I haven't powerlifted since I was like 20 so you're still strong
0: well, <laughs> you're, <laughs>
1: <thanks>. <laughs> you're stronger than the average person that doesn't regularly lift weights I'll take it yeah that's well, fair enough. Put, <laughs> that, put that on a t-shirt yeah, yeah. yeah. one little side note is um, one of the things that we offer that like, you often get when you work in a gym is you compare your strength to the strongest people in the gym. All the time. Like, you see your Matt Walsh squatting, your Rob Knee deadlifting, your Matt Duncan deadlifting, so these are just a few people we work with. We're all, whack, very strong strong human beings, and you go, ah, I wish I was as strong as them. What you don't realise is that ma- the majority of the population are nowhere near as strong as them. So you're actually sitting in, like, the, like, top 5%, but
0: you're looking at the top 1% going, ah, fuck, I wish I was stronger. <laughs> it's nice to be middle of the pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, one thing I'm struggling with quite a bit is the swimming. Because mm. I... Going into it, I couldn't swim. <laughs> as in, like, I can survive and I can float and I can move forward, mm. but nowhere near efficiently. Mm. As soon as I, like, put my head down, my coordination goes to shit. Mm. And it's all because I'm really tight in my hips. I can't get my kick right. Yeah. So poor Caroline, my swim coach, has uh, an absolute task on her hands. <laughs> but we're getting there. Yeah. I actually, I didn't do any... Sw- I probably, I should have done some swim lessons
1: last time, but I've, I'm yeah. going to get some, a couple this time. But I find that the... um. I enjoy swimming at quite a casual pace. Um, I can gun it, like I can produce a bit of pace, but I just can't hold it. And if I go too slow, I feel like I'm drowning. But at quite a casual pace, just lap after lap, I actually
0: quite enjoy it. You know the way when you learn to swim, not that I can't swim. I can swim. I can survive. Not that bad. <laughs> but they have you do all these drills and there's one that I was doing so I'm holding the float and it's just to like get my legs moving more like to do it with the fins on and then you take the fins off and see if you can kind of still do that like nice flowy kind of kick that you want to do and not be really really stiff through your hips Mm. (laughs) and I was doing it (laughs) and I'm obviously looking at the bottom of the pool and I'm just looking at the same fucking dial. I was going nowhere Mm. I was not moving Mm. and I was like (laughs) Oh this is uh going not as well as I planned. Yeah. I mean realistically when you're when
1: you're swimming in a like a triathlon context especially an Ironman one you're not going to kick as much. No. Because you actually you're trying to save your legs a little bit for um for running and cycling. I can twi- I can do everything when I don't use my legs. Yeah. So I, if I just use my upper body, I I'd, I'd be sweet. I'm pretty sure I did most of the swim at Cairns this this year without legs. up until the end you just start kicking at the end when you're on the way back into the beach just to warm them up fuck it Caroline's getting a sack done (laughs) no but it's still good to know how to kick I'm really bad at kicking yeah nice that's good to hear and your run's improving as well
0: yeah it is Um, (laughs) slowly but surely Uh, I remember when I in week one when I did the lactate threshold test I ran just about I think it was like a 29 minute 5k and that was like me doing full beans for the test like, my running was nowhere, because I hadn't mm. done it in years, mm. and then, like, so you get the little pop-ups on the Garmin and on Strava, I beat that on a zone two run, nice day by like 30 seconds, I was like, nice. alright, well, it's funny how good you get at something when you train for it. Yeah, when you actually practice it. Yeah, yeah, from like a mindset
1: perspective, like, how have you felt your, like, attitude to training in general, to like, life in general, to work, how is, how do you think that, that the training has
0: translated sort of mentally onto other stuff. Um, from from a practical standpoint, the training has made me more efficient with my days. Going from doing maybe four or five sessions a week to doing eight, and next week it's actually going to start being nine sessions a week. Oh shit! Yeah, so you got to be efficient with your time. So from a practical standpoint, it's like right. Well, how do I organise my days and and cut out all the all the bullshit really? Or not all of it, but as much of it as I can, to get the most out of it and make sure that I'm still doing what I need to do as a coach. I'm still there for my clients, and I'm still doing all that I need to do, and I'm not taken away from, kind of from my living my life as well. Like I'm still spending time with Kira, still walking the dog, and I'm still doing all that. So that's been tricky from a mindset standpoint. I think a, a big part of it has had to be, you just have to be would not be comfortable being uncomfortable in terms of like it's gonna hurt, and there's you just got to keep going. So, kind of you'll have all these thoughts creep in, just push through. Because at the end of the day, I could stop now and I will say, oh, I could I can stop the hurt, and then I feel fine. But then I'll be like, oh shit, I should have just kept going. off oh, I'll finish it. the Hurt will the hurt will eventually stop, and then you're like, oh great, I did it. I did the training session that I need to do. So I think from a mindset point. That's been big for me. I and mean, oh, it's hard to say how it's translated over into everything else. I suppose you get used to talking to yourself <laughs> in terms of you're spending two hours on a bike and I know it's gonna get longer and longer and longer. You just have to be comfortable with your own thoughts mm. while training. And if you can be comfortable with your thoughts while training, you can be comfortable with your thoughts kind of throughout the day as well, just going through life. I do a lot of problem problem solving when I'm on the bike. Like um, I have a client who's running into one or two health issues that we didn't envision, and we have to take a slightly different approach to her training. So I was on the bike, like kind of thinking through, all right, what's the strategy going to be? How am I going to communicate that to her? How, we, like, what avenue are we going to take that's best for her, for from a training standpoint and obviously from a health standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. So it's nice having that time, and it's nice to get it gets me outdoors so much more often. I'm getting a bit of a tan. It's not much because there wasn't much to start with. Yeah, yeah, well, you're Irish. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's never going to get that dark,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm enjoying spending more time outdoors. Like Kira comes on the Sunday, runs with me, and um, when I do my Monday cycle in Centennial Park, which is the shorter one, she'll walk the dog around Centennial Park. Like, so far, there's been no downsides of the Ironman training. <laughs> half Ironman <laughs> you training, you've done well. You've done well. operated pretty pretty well there. How are you finding going from the half training to the full Ironman training? Because obviously. That's uh, double the distance. Yeah, that's, that's how halves work. Yeah, um, it's been a been a, a learning curve
1: definitely because um, I between the half and then starting training for this, I actually like I did pretty much nothing. A little bit of running was actually injured, so I had to go really pull back on the running. Um, so kind of there, yeah, I had a bit of a, a big gap there. Um, when I trained for the half, I, I bought like a generic program and worked from like a generic program that was all thirty six weeks already set out done um whereas this time i've actually signed up with the guys at hurt locker try um which is a like a triathlon coaching group um charles and lauren i got lauren um and so now it's it's a lot more specific to me and it's actually programmed each week depending on how i feel what i've like what i did the week before what's coming up like um and so it's it's definitely it feels a lot more specific like and a lot more concentrated which i'm loving because i actually feel like, each session, it's not like it's not like this kind of like slow progression. It's like each session challenges me in a different way, um, and then sometimes like sometimes you're going out there and it's like don't try hard in this session, like take it real easy, heart rate under one fifty, casual casual jog. Like so, there are um, there are like it's a different method of training, but I definitely feel it's a lot more personalised to me, which I'm enjoying. Um, on top of that, it's so we're at twelve sessions a week this week. That's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. So every day, bar Friday and Saturday, I had two. Well, I mean, Saturday I had a run off the bike, so technically that's well two, but one I consider it one session. So pretty much every day, bar those ones, it's been double. So um, fitting it in uh, I, um, has been uh, tough, but um, yeah, it's it's what we've what I've managed to do um, so far is just all right. Get get a session in in the morning and then see if we can squeeze the afternoon one in. Preferably before I have to go back to work. If I do have to get to work, you got to be super prepared. Like as I said, I went to bed real early to make sure I could get up early so I could run before I went to work, which meant I could get another cycle in that day. So it is tough when it comes to that, and you have to be flexible, um, especially when you're in a business like with us. Like when you're when you're doing sort of like thirty odd personal training sessions a week, there are going to be people that are like, "Oh, I need to swap. Like, can I swap this one?" and Sometimes you just need you're like, all right, I need to get this. Like, I need to get some sessions in. I need to get paid. So um, it does. It sometimes you know, I'm taking a little bit of time to fit everything in, and it's exhausting. But look, like as I said before, like I didn't sign up for this for it to be easy. And realistically, in eight or so months, when I, when I actually go out there, it's not going to be easy. Like it, we're talking twelve to fourteen hours of continuous exercise. So I have got to prepare for that, and this is how you do it. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm, i am enjoying it um there is there's definitely some progression in terms of like my I swam swimming the furthest i've like i've swam and i'm feeling com- quite comfortable doing it um running it's i've actually backed off a lot with how fast i'm running and really focusing on just going slow and focusing on building the distance that i'm running at um but managing the injury alongside that has, has slowed me down too
0: one interesting thing you mentioned there was how you sometimes have to leave work, like you won't have sessions middle of the day because very few people like can leave their job to go to a personal training session in the middle of the day. So that's a time for you to train. And you did that quite a bit in your prep for the, the half last year as well, or earlier on this year. Anyway, that's something that I want to get better at as well because my, like I mentioned earlier, my Wednesday morning run like my Wednesday run I do in the morning just to get it out of the way so I can then, all right, sweet, I don't start work as early on a Wednesday at the moment, but that's going to change in two weeks. This week I didn't do it on Wednesday. Um, I just wasn't feeling as like fully recovered as I would have liked for the Wednesday morning. So I was like, all right, sweet, I'll take Wednesday off. And At the moment, Thursday is my rest day. So I did the run on Thursday, but I couldn't do it early on because I start work later on the Thursday. Or sorry, I start work early on the Thursday. So I was like, right, have to squeeze that into a gap and I managed to do it like sweet went home um I, I'd had something to eat got my run done but it was getting back to work it was very touch and go because for those of you who live in Sydney you'll know what the weather was like on Thursday it was absolutely shocking so every country my man drove into work and I just couldn't find a spot for ages like that one little thing like I was if there was a spot I would have been sweet there 20 minutes early could have been really prepared. But there wasn't. So I had to drive around for 18 minutes <laughs> looking for a spot. And then I got one that was fairly far away from the gym. And then I had to sprint. After doing my run and having had a shower, I had to sprint back to the gym to make it on time. And I made it with 40 seconds to spare. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. then it's, it, it can be tough, um, especially
1: like in, in our business. A lot of people that will do this kind of training, like let's say they work a nine-to-five job, you get up, you do a morning session, you go to work, go all the way through work, finish work, do your, uh, your PM session, go home, done skis. For us, because typically we're working in the morning and often we're also working in the evening, which yeah. is when most people are training. That's why that's when we work. So you do have to fit it in there as well. Um, and it can, like, yeah, you, you've got to be planned. You've got to plan ahead. You've got to plan your week. I've like In my calendar, I have each when I'm training that week, like put in so I know and I I just got to say like that's a time to train um and you do find yourself rushing back to work sometimes like you just and it's just it's part and parcel with it you just kind of have to um trying to um uh give yourself that extra little bit of time on either side just to make sure you're getting home on time but you really do start to value your time like if I'm rushing back to work with like I'm like I've got 10 minutes to get back to work whatever and I realize that I spent like (laughs) 10 minutes on my phone scrolling Instagram before I went for the run it's like oh I actually have time to do this I'm just not being very efficient with it so it's just you you start to become a little bit more efficient I just think um as you mentioned before structuring your training you're structuring your day around your training like fitting it in and making it quite quite you know important um and one of the things like, like it's a um you have to do it in your day it means that it the rest of your day starts to fit in around it um, we mentioned, uh, I was talking, mentioned something the other day about like it's like a jar and if you imagine like you have a jar and you have to fit some sand, some pebbles and some rocks in there. So obviously the pebbles are smaller than the rocks. Um, if you put the sand in, which is, is sand in first, and then you put the pebbles in, you're not going to have much room for the rocks. Whereas if you go rocks and then pebbles, you can kind of fit the sand around it and you kind of got to look at it like that. Like you're the, the, your trai- your training your u time and your like your us times, like you and your partner, you and your friends, your family, that kind of stuff. That's the rocks. And then the pebbles is like the work and, and stuff like that that you don't, it doesn't need to be done right now. You can kind of work around it. You can move it around. And then the sand is like the little non-important non things. You can fit that all in if you specify and structure the,
0: the big rocks first. Yeah, you got to prioritize and execute. You, like you got to sit down. What, what's priority number one? What do you really have to have to do in your day? And then scrolling your TikTok, <laughs> that made me sound fucking fifty years old. Scrolling your TikTok, um, no young British <laughs> scrolling on their TikTok. But if that's high up you in your priority list, um, maybe reevaluate and, and go again. That's just my my two cents. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, um,
1: I think if you really like, it's an audit. Um, uh, MP got us to do an audit of our time previously and if if you audit your time and you like actually think about how much time you spend looking at your phone um
0: you'll start to realize like oh i actually have a lot more time than i thought you realize how much fucking time you're wasting yeah um, there was a big wake-up call for me and i was like oh, i need to do something about this and mm. um, one thing as well that i found with the triathlon training is there's a lot of just training in general when you get more and more into it a lot of really good habits just kind of tack themselves on to you trying to improve your performance whatever it is like I've noticed um see I got the whoop band a few weeks ago I think I've had it over a month now and oh, there it is <laughs> and you'll notice like alright well I need to be on the bed earlier to, to be more recovered uh, what's affecting this what's affecting that so a big thing for me was I love a beer in the evening and it's just not conducive to being fu- to firing on all cylinders when it comes to training the next day and now that I'm trying to squeeze nine training sessions into a week, there's always training the next day. There's no days off. So it's trying to develop different strategies around that. Like when I go out, rather than having three or four, I can just have one and drink it really, really slowly. Or none, or none yeah. And not a big fan of Coke Zero or Diet Coke on right now. <laughs> <laughs> but these heaps normal cans. Yeah. It's where it's the sponsorship. But it's fucking great. Non alcoholic beer. Use code Robbie for zero percent off. Oh like I would have laughed at myself for drinking this a year ago. Whereas now it's kind of like, it tastes like beer. The only reason I drink beer, like, I don't really like getting pissed all that often. Mm. But I enjoy the taste of beer. Mm. Now I can have both. It's
1: yeah. great. Well, I mean, it's similar to what you mentioned previously about, like, the meditation and the breath work and the journaling. And you Previously, you were like, oh, that's a bit of, like, pish posh. Like, why am I going to do that? Bit of bit of um, and now I do it every day. Every day. I was actually going to mention because um, when, so earlier this year I had a bit of a kind of like burnout in like sort of February, March, um, which is probably a couple of things. It was like a bit of stress on work. Like I was doing quite a few sessions each week, training quite hard, um, and then probably still some after effects of COVID as well on top of that. But essentially what was happening is I like, I was going to sleep and I just wasn't recovering. I was waking up feeling like shit, just horrible every day. Nowadays, I'm actually training more than I was then, but I'm recovering so much better. Um, And I know that because of my... um, No sponsorship either there. Um, Maybe one day. Um, But I believe this is just... I mean, I I can't prove this, but I believe it's because it's when I started introducing breath work. So it's helping me get to sleep specifically in the evening. It's just doing five minutes of breath work. Um, and I find that my sleep is so much better, and because my sleep is better, I'm more recovered. I'm more recovered. I'm better able to take on the next day, which is it's a good cycle. Like it's a positive cycle as opposed to that negative one where you're just not recovering as well.
0: When you say breath work before bed, like what what exactly do you do for? Because breath work can mean a lot of different things. They like can. The the most famous one would be Wim Hof, which is very very fast aggressive breathing, which is yeah. more to make you alert, yeah, and, and alive and awake.
1: Yeah, so that's more the kind of stuff that you would do maybe before like a session or yeah, like he does his like cold exposure for a cold shower, before a cold shower. Cold, and cold shower mine. So I started, I, I, I've had the calm app for a while again, no sponsorship. And, um, and it has a, it just introduced a little breath work section. So, um, it's kind of hidden. I, like I had to look for it. I was just, um, but you kind of, you scroll across hit breath work and it comes up. There's a bunch of different breath work options and then you put how long you wanna do it for. So I do five minutes and then it has, it makes sounds and then it sort of like, it tells you the instruction and then you just follow the instruction of the sound. So it'll be like, this sound is breathe in. This sound is breathe out. This sound is hold your breath. This sound is like, don't like hold after you breathe out. So it, it's very, like it gives you the instructions that goes on with it. And then I just do five minutes of four second intake, six second, six second e- exhale. Four second inhale, six second exhale um Puts me to sleep, bro. Like it is so. I've never felt something like that kind of like feeling that I've intended to create for myself. Like you know when you you feel tired and you're like like that wave of like oh I'm just exhausted. It's like that, but you're like I'm ready to go to bed because I'm tired and I'm in bed. And it's almost it's almost like it just kind of washes over me and then I can just you know turn that off and just head back and then out.
0: Lovely. Mm,
1: Out like a light. So I've definitely found that. Very effective.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's something I I do a bit myself. Ever since we had Rory come in to FP, and he gave his talk on breathwork. Yeah, uh,
1: Rory Wong? Yeah,
0: that Rory because it was the week before the chapter week before I'm talking about meditation was also called Rory. Yeah, lots of Rory's. Rory squared. Yeah, but um, yeah, and he talked about the the four six breathing at time and then the four four box breathing. Yeah, four 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 four. Yeah. Four in, four hold, four out, four hold mm. um, In the morning And uh, it's Out of all them kind of wellness things Like meditation, journaling Breath work is the one I probably do the least Because mm. I just forget But when you do it Like I, I'll notice on the WHOOP when I check the app the next morning You normally have a few extra points of uh, On recovery which is always nice mm. Like um, I've noticed as well to go back to the, the Kind of improved habits with the training When I don't drink alcohol recovery is through the roof. What, even when I have one, like if I've got a VB deal, on a V kind of VB the
1: other night? Hard earned thirst means a big cold beer and the best cold beer is... VB.
0: I should have said Victoria better. But it's actually Vic. Is it? Oh. You say Vic, that's the line. Sorry, I didn't grow up watching the ads because I didn't grow up here.
1: He's not a real Australian.
0: Anyway, I will be in two years and i get my citizenship. That's if I sign the stat deck. <laughs> can you actually do that? <laughs> yeah. do you need to read <laughs> <Yes. to speak? laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, getting back on topic, I noticed the following morning, um, my HRV, which is my heart rate variability, was down, mm. and my resting heart rate was up, which is not ideal.
1: No, that's the just opposite from, of what you want. Yeah, just from one beer. It's it's funny actually. Um, and this I think Rory made this point when we saw him, but I definitely noticed as well. Is there's two types of people that um that get whoops, um, and the first type of person when they get a whoop. They drastically reduce their alcohol intake. So I'm one of these ones. They get a whoop. They start to see the, the effect that it has on their body, and they go, "Oh shit! This is why. Like this is how I feel." And so they you stop drinking during the week, reduce drinking on the weekend, um, spend really focus on your recovery, all that kind of stuff. The other type of person that gets a whoop doesn't wear their whoop on nights out. <laughs> <laughs> no problem if you can't see the problem. Exactly. So they wake up the next morning like I'm fine, and they put the whoop back on. And I was like, oh, the whoop says I'm great. It's like, yeah, we well, weren't fucking wearing it when you were actually cooked. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's, a, there's two types of people that get whoops or aura rings or like, and you track their recovery. There's the people that actually focus on their recovery and the people that don't wear them. <laughs> um, it's it such is a
0: funny one because it's very, very true. Like. Is, yeah,
1: 100. percent it is. It's funny that you mentioned the um the HIV and the the resting heart rate. So typically we want a higher HRV, heart rate variability that can that shows that our body is um not under stress. It's in a good spot. Um and then you want a low resting heart rate, which means that your yeah just your body doesn't need to be pumping blood around as fast, so it's not as stressed as well. I actually noticed since I've included the breath work in the evening, and breath work in the morning, my hiv has gone from roughly about like average somewhere between 70 and 80 to now over 100 like regularly and my resting heart rate dropped down to from 50 mid 50s to 47
0: that's nuts yeah in like and that's with really increasing training load as well so i'm just thinking about mine i know from in the last few weeks when i started wearing the whip and to now my resting heart rate has gone down which has been good it's gone from 63 to 56 nice which is nice it's gone the right direction but my HIV has only gone up a little bit, mm. and it's not that high. Uh, so ev- everyone's got a
1: different like range of their HIV. Mid sixties, if you're curious. Yeah, so some people will, will sit with like a lower, like, but relative to them, it's it's fine. Um, So you might have a high HIV and it's like 70 and you're quite recovered. I might have a low HIV and it's 70 and I'm not recovered at all. So it depends on the person a little bit. So some people can, their HIV jumps quite high. Some people it's a little bit lower. Tracking it is the important thing because then you can notice the changes that it's it's
0: making. As someone who's competitive, I want to see it go
1: up. Well, do you fucking breath work and stop drinking
0: beers? (laughs) Yeah, it's actually says less than 0.5 ABV wait it's completely non-alcoholic you can drive after you'll be fine going home I'm not worried
1: about driving I'm worried about recovering tomorrow no downsides you got 0.5% I'm based I don't drink that much anymore Andy I get drunk very quickly
0: (laughs) I'd say that's more just a disclaimer by the way there's a tiny bit and it's probably like nowhere near 0.5 it's um it's funny because I I don't
1: know just as a, a like that just brought up this moment of like realization of change. Well, I didn't just realize it; I already knew about it. But it's funny that previously, I quite when I was younger, I quite valued my ability to not get drunk quickly. And nowadays, I'm like two cans, pissed. It's cheaper. It, I mean, it's yeah, it's cheaper oh, and I, economics. Yeah, typically go home earlier as well. So
0: yeah, which means you're in bed earlier. Exactly. Which means you can get up earlier. Yeah,
1: and I can train. So it is. Uh, it's it's funny how things can change.
0: It, it it is, yeah. Well, um, if you're if you're not gonna be thankful, I'll bring in any next week. I'll bring two for me, and you can fuck off.
1: Thank you for the heaps, normal, very very low alcoholic
0: beer, Andy. <laughs> not non-alcoholic, very very, very low.
1: Um, I think it's just about time for a new segment, Andy. What's the new segment, Robbie? The new segment is uh, it's a top five. Uh, I I decided I came up with this name on the on the bike today. Top five gym etiquette faux pas.
0: Fucking hell! (laughs) So, what we're gonna
1: what we're gonna bring here is a couple of, and you're more than welcome to to send your thoughts in as well. If you have some ones that separate that ours, if you want to argue ours, if you want to argue the point or you want to add to it or you want to just go, yeah, that was a good point there. We're going to talk, talk about sort of like top five, like gym, like um, annoying things that people do that we notice because we're in gyms a lot, so we tend to see it. I love an argument, so please argue it. <laughs> but I were really want to emphasize this point is we're not trying to trash you if you do one of these things. We're trying to help you. So if you notice that you do it, just,
0: just phase it out. Stop doing it as much. I have one that I know that I do. <laughs> All right, you go first. I don't do that often, but... When you notice it, you're like, oh shit, I better, better move. You know when, you, when a bench is set up too close to the dumbbell rack so people yeah. can't get the dumbbells? As a coach, when you're trying to get dumbbells for people all day, uh. it gets fucking irritating. Mm. But, I've done it as well. Yeah, and, like the um, bench is already there. I'm like, I'm taking this. Ground. Yeah,
1: you just sit down, and then so I think that's one that is. It can be kind of frustrating for yeah, as a coach or if just anyone, especially if you're carrying like heavy dumbbells and you've got to like squeeze past this person that has like, their knee touching the rack. Yeah, and they're like leaning forward on their phone, stepping over them <laughs> as <they're> mid set. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's 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 definitely a good one. A I, good I that's uh, a nice one. I've got one um, that I've actually mentioned to you before. Um, and I think there is a there is a time and place for this, but I think people do it far too often. It's carrying a big sports bag around the gym with you constantly. Use a locker, bro. <laughs> that one
0: doesn't annoy me as much.
1: It it annoys me because people they when they set up in an area they take up like a huge amount of space because they've got their they got to put their bag down and go this and they have a bench that they have to sit on in between sets. Like if you're if <laughs> I get it if you're a powerlifter and you're setting up for your powerlifting session. I was
0: going to say that's massive in the powerlifting. Yeah, I know, I know
1: it's huge in the powerlifting community, but like, you know, you have your bag and it's probably got like your chalk, your knee um, sleeves, your uh, your belt. Like, there's probably got a whole bunch of stuff in there, and that's fine. But like, if you're walking around to then each every single one of your accessories with this huge sports bag that's got a foam roller, a spike ball, a massage gun, your pre workout, your post workout. Um eighteen bottles of water um uh like a, an extra shirt, your tripod, like it's all right, mate, just put it in the locker. there's plenty of lockers for you. There are some people that I've noticed that aren't even like power lifters, they just carry their bags around, and that it's it's like come on mate, you can
0: yeah, that's fair enough like I think if you're taking a squat rack for depending on the day like just say on the weekend you have a, a squat bench and deadlift day, mm. you're gonna be in that rack for potentially close to two hours mm. it's fair enough, yeah. If you bring it down to the leg extension. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, if you're, if you're, if you're bouncing around,
1: around right. a lot, I'm like, come on, mate. Yeah. Probably don't need that.
0: Context is important with that
1: one. Yeah, no, and I think with a lot of these, context is important. And we're not saying you're a horrible person if you do it. You're a horrible person if you continue to do it.
0: <laughs> Robbie's a horrible person anyway, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just a horrible person calling someone else horrible.
0: Right, now we've got to think of a third one. You got, I have a third one. Do you have a third one? I had a rant get... about this on Instagram the other day. You love a rant. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I do enjoy a rant people who are actually let
1: me let me me start this differently there is a time and place to use your phone in the gym you might be it might have your program on it your music Um, you might be recording you might be filming yourself which is important I do that too. There might also be... Um, filming yourself while training, by the way. Yeah, so filming yourself while that. And then I have noticed it. sometimes it can irk me when I'm training someone that's doing it, but I know that it's just a thing is that if you're like a parent or a business owner, you may be like expecting you potentially a call or, you know, you've got, you've got to have your phone on hand just in case. Um, if you're on your phone constantly in between sets, you're not focusing on your workout and you're not getting enough out of your workout. I just... That's just my... That's my opinion. If you're scrolling Instagram or TikTok or whatever in between your sets, you're not getting enough out of it. If you are actually having a conversation or scrolling on your phone whilst you were doing an exercise during the actual process of it, you might as well fuck off because you're not getting anything out of that movement um, and you're just wasting your time and getting in everyone else's way.
0: I've been kind of bad for that the last two weeks, I've noticed. Having a phone call whilst you train? No, 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 not a phone call, no, 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 but like, being on my phone that little bit more, but it's because I've programmed... Our, my rest breaks are longer programmed, and I was like, I don't, don't know what to do. For five minutes. <laughs> That's when you think. But yeah, <laughs> like, if you do it's have... Hard. <laughs> if you do have like,
1: I understand, like, if you do, you have a long-programmed rest break, but I think, like, I have noticed people on their phones. There's like one guy who was watching a football match. I've, I've seen people doing that. Another person scrolling her, f- her phone. Another person on like actually mid conversation on the phone during a session. It's like, come on
0: guys, like you're wasting everybody's time here. When the Ashes was on last year, I, I wouldn't like I'd have it on on KO on my phone. I wouldn't watch it, but I would listen to the commentary. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> it was great. I got really into cricket last year. I did
1: have I noticed one guy was watching Manchester United versus Liverpool a few weeks ago and as a Manchester United fan, Manchester United were winning, so I I can admit I did sneak a look over his shoulder and he was not happy, so clearly he was a Liverpool fan.
0: You're a fucking fraud. <laughs> that w- that was gonna be my one. But then as soon as you started thinking started talking about that, I was like, Oh fuck I gotta think about those one people <laughs> on You gotta think of a, a fourth one. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> The photo, I can't
1: think. Come on, you should be thinking through it that way. All right, I do have a number five. No, you have number four, and then I'll have. I have number four, then I'll have number five. So number four is. um I think this is pretty obvious. Put your fucking weights away. oh yeah. Take your plates off the bench. Put your dumbbells back and put them back in the order, like guys. It's really not that hard. It's it goes. Up by two. 12, 14, 16, 18. The next one should be 20, not fives. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. The lighter dumbbells that go in one spot. Heavy dumbbells that go in the other spot. On the the barbell plate, like, tree, when there's, like, two five-kilo plates and then someone puts a 20-kilo plate on top of it, it's like, come on, guys.
0: Yeah, that's not where they go. Yeah, you can do better than that. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. Uh, I have my one. Oh, he's got one. I do have one. Um... I actually did a rant on my stories about, about this like a month and a half ago and it was people misusing equipment and this is kind of two parts. Misusing equipment in the first instance is when people do like hip thrust on the leg extension.
1: There was someone doing hip thrust on the hamstring curl.
0: Yeah, stuff like that. And I wanted to use it. <laughs> the, the, the one that made that, and we don't even have a hack squat, mm. but just seeing it really annoys me is good mornings on a hack squat. <laughs> it's a terrible exercise. And you see coaches programming it for their clients. So like, if you can't teach someone how to do a good morning, or can't understand why a good morning on a hack squat is a terrible idea, because mm. they have the force is actually applied to your body, and it doesn't do anything for... It's no
1: better it. than just doing a normal good morning.
0: No, it's actively worse. Yeah, like it's actually like worse. The, the stress it puts on your spine, the position it puts you in, it doesn't give the same load to the hamstrings that a good morning would. There's no like, need to brace, mm. but it just dumbfounds me, That that's my fucking, yeah, that's it, shoulder press on the leg press, that one as well, yeah, <laughs> I've seen that a few times, yeah, it's, if you want
1: to do shoulder press, do shoulder press, a leg
0: press isn't for shoulder press, but imagine you're standing there, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, sweet, squats are done, deadlifts are done, what's next, oh, I have leg press next, sweet, and you walk over, and some fucker sitting there doing shoulder press. And hasn't even loaded it pro- probably as well because what yeah. you can, like, press is significantly more than what you can yeah, show Yeah, because the sled is probably, like, somewhere between 40 to 60 kilos by itself, mm. which is all you need to show oh, yeah. Just gets me going. <laughs> the other thing... Oh, we've, we've got a stick. Yeah, well, no, no, See, it's kind of... like <laughs> oh, 5A. So, a, so it's, like, first is misusing equipment, mm. and the second is people who don't give a shit about equipment. For example, mm. um, there was... I saw this the other day. One of the bars. I'm not sure if you've noticed upstairs is bent very very slightly like if you put it on the ground and roll it you'll see that the actual shaft oh. is bent oh. so you have a bent shaft yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's ok I've told Chad about it. he's going to fix it for me <laughs> and then um, yeah so, so some fellow noticed that the bar was bent moved took it out of the rack rolled it away left it on the floor and then used another bar and he, I think he got up to like squatting 140 and then he obviously had deadlifts after squats rather than put the bar back in the rack take some of the plates off power clean it down mm. and then load it back up now from the top of the squat and oh. he's taller than me he's probably about somewhere between like 6 foot 1 and 6 foot 3 uh, that's an approximation bar straight off the back 140 kilos on it you just dropped it just dropped it one we're on the top floor and two he's just not used a specific bar because it's bent and then done that just being a bit of a cunt <laughs> to be honest he just dro- dropped 140 kilos from which
1: <laughs> if you haven't been to fitness playground our, the the floor on our top level which n- is not designed to be dropping weights off no, from high, high heights it, like
0: it, it's not like it was not on an Olympic weightlifting platform it was yeah. just on a normal gym so floor so if, if you're
1: doing on that on an Olympic weightlifting, weightlifting platform still dumb but it's okay because you're probably not going to damage the floor you could damage the weights especially because yeah. they're brand new plates
0: yeah but the bumper, plate, so yeah. bumper plates are designed to be dropped but the thing is they're just like commercial gym barbells, they're not Olympic lifting barbells, they're not designed to be dropped, and that's what breaks them. Mm. And that's what fucks me off.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> just not properly using equipment. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or, you know when people tip the sled sideways to pull the plates off? One of our sleds is broken now.
1: Yeah. let <laughs> just get Andy ranting about
0: <laughs> uh, There's There's many more instances that I could go on about, but yeah, yeah, like they're I my, my two. I think if, look, if you are new to the
1: gym, you will make mistakes, and that is okay. But if you're... Not think Yeah, you have to think about the equipment that you're using. Is a it's someone else's property, and you're paying for the the like ab- the ability to, to use it. I'm trying to think of it's like a it's not a right, it's a privilege. Privilege. You're paying for the privilege to use it. Um, so you should use it properly, and you should rep- put it back to where it's where it's supposed to be because other people need to use it as well. Um, but also just having some like a little bit of self awareness of what's going on around you that you probably have to just, like, look after shit and not just be dropping it around.
0: That's not to say equipment doesn't break. Like, Mm. hundreds of people use it every day. Mm. Stuff is going to break. Just be like, oh, shit, this broke while I was using it. It is what it is. It's going to happen. The things wear out after time, they break. No one cares. No no drama. Let the the boys in the office know. Yeah. But But if you mistreat it. Yeah, and then put it back while it's broken
1: it's like putting um off milk back in the fridge <laughs> wow. oh we're just about to hit an hour andy that's that's a long one that's our longest one yet that's Our longest one yet the next one's gonna have to be the same length because we'll f- record it on a different day <laughs> yeah because that's how we do it um well we might as well t- finish it up there with our top five gym etiquette faux pas um that we actually got or well, pretty much six i reckon yeah, six. Five and a half. Five and a half. Um, thank I you. A, I got a piss, so hurry up. <laughs> thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, like, follow, subscribe, share, chuck it on your Instagram story, tag us. Um, better
0: Blokes podcast on Instagram.
1: Yeah, at yeah. Better Blokes. Um, yeah, become part of the, the Better Blokes, and you don't have to be the male gender in order to be a Better Bloke.
0: Just don't be as much of a shit content. Be l- less of one. Exactly. That's a, the that's a tagline. <laughs> All right, we'll finish it up there, guys. Rate us on Spotify as well. Five out of five.
1: Yeah, five stars. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. And you ECP. to Bye. Bye.
0: Are you struggling to turn
1: it off?